Hello and welcome back to Rogue Opinions for a very special Formula One podcast. Joining me today is the Frank Williams to my Lando Norris, <laughs> the Alan Prost to my Ayrton Senna, the Ralph to my Michael Schumacher. It's Carl Pierce. How are you, Carl? I'm all right, thanks. That's yeah, good, good. I'm old. Let's get that out of and the way. Unless <laughs> successful. <laughs> I'm not too sure about that, but <laughs> oh no, I said you're, you're pros to my seller, but uh, seller's better than pros anyway. <laughs> oh, so we, we thought we'd get together to talk about Formula One. Obviously, it's coming back uh, from I think is it, is it July? Is it August? It's coming back. I think it's July, early July. I, I have got it on my phone when the first race oh, yes, is third uh, of July. Yes, yeah, sorry, third of July. Austrian Grand Prix. I can't wait. I've missed it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's been um, eight races announced. Obviously, should be more announced. We've got back-to-back races in Austria and uh, back, and also two races in Britain. Yeah, as well. Something to look forward to. It is, and also I think Formula One was like I think it was the first big sport in. Um, brand to basically shut down when this whole coronavirus happened. It shut down on the Thursday before the Australian Grand Prix was supposed to kick off. A McLaren engineer tested positive and I just thought, you know what, not risking it. And as we've seen around the world, it was probably the right, it was definitely the right choice to make. Yeah, definitely. 100%. It would have got, got shut down sooner or later anyway, I think, because everyone else did. Yeah, it was... Uh, but uh, it hasn't stopped Formula One from gripping us with news, big news coming from Formula One, obviously with the departure of Sebastian Vettel from Ferrari, with Carlos Sainz replacing him from McLaren, and Ricardo uh, going from uh, Renault to McLaren. A whole change there. Um, but the big one we're going to start with is Sebastian Vettel. Um, four-time world champion with Red Bull, obviously. He thought he'd go to Ferrari and emulate the great Michael Schumacher. Hasn't really worked out for him, has it, Carl? No, it hasn't. Um, not always Vettel's fault. Um, the car hasn't always been there, but there was there was that season where where he probably should have won the, the title, but he, he started making these silly mistakes, didn't he? Where, which is so unchar- uncharacteristic of um, Vettel. Yeah, like the like the. Uh, crash in Germany and little shunts here and there and I don't know it's just yeah it's it's bizarre how it for one reason or another it hasn't quite worked for him no as I mean it just shows the pressure of driving for Ferrari obviously as I said he came to Ferrari not on the back of winning the world title but he he had some fantastic years at Red Bull go to Ferrari so try and emulate Schumacher he said it hasn't worked but Talking about that race in Germany, I think Hockenheim 2018, I think for me that was his turning point in terms of his career goes slightly downhill. It was He was leading the race. It was raged a little bit. And I think he just misjudged going into, uh, just going into the hairpin and he just went off in the gravel trap. And you hear the, you hear the radio, he starts crying on the radio, saying, oh, I'm sorry, guys, I'm sorry. And then I think probably what hit him more, and this is me just thinking, was hearing... The German crowd cheering that he went off, and 
but I was kicking the teeth. I don't think he recovered from there at all. I mean, he only won you know, a handful of races from there. But, yeah, it was, it was a fall for grace. For yeah, it, yeah, obviously that, that crash... Um, that obviously affected his confidence. He might he, he might tell you it didn't, but judging from the the, the races after, it obviously did. Oh, you can tell. I mean, like, you, you wouldn't get emotional like that if it didn't bother you. And it, it, it would have been the last time he made silly mistakes going spinning round. I mean, look at Monza where he, he spun round, nearly took off Lance Stroll. Yeah, um, that was. Uh, that was terrible from an experienced driver like him. That that was just awful. Yeah, uh, taking Verstappen out of the British Grand Prix as well, where he he outbraked himself. Verstappen had the line, and Vettel could clearly see it. Outbraked himself, took back uh, Verstappen off. Um, this one's a bit contentious, but the Canadian Grand Prix one as well, where he came onto track unsafe. Hamilton cried, and he got the top the wind taken off as well. <laughs> yeah. That didn't help. No. I, and uh, uh, and then the big one last year was uh, Interlagos, where he came wheel he banged wheel to wheel with his teammate Leclerc, and they both go off, both retire. And I think that was the turning point in the way for Ferrari. Uh, obviously, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in Ferrari and how they discussed this, but yeah, you could tell they probably both weren't happy with that decision. But I do think that that season was shifting Leclerc into the future. A Ferrari, a Vettel being, I think thirty, it's probably thirty-one, thirty-two, something like that. Vettel, somewhere in that area, I think. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure on his age. He's he's not seen as a a young guy anymore. That's a thing for him. I think he's thirty-two. Sorry, uh, Sebastian Vettel. But Leclerc showed that he has the power, the raw speed, the the craft to actually potentially win a world title in the future mm. and Vettel has done silly mistakes that have cost him stuff like that so yeah I mean, it didn't in all fairness it didn't take um, Leclerc that long to get used to that Ferrari and once he did get used to it he was outperforming Vettel and left right and centre wasn't he out qualifying him uh, faster than him in a lot of races um, you know it's not when you're when you're a four-time world champion, it's not easy to take um, take it to see um, the young whippersnapper beating you every turn. Right, so that had, to, that had to play with his mind as well. Uh, uh, what did, I, th- I think what didn't help us, I know it's only by one, but Leclerc, Leclerc won, more, won two races as part of Vettel's one. He got... Five pole, sorry, six pole, seven pole positions that year. Uh, Vettel got, um, I don't think Vettel, Vettel got one last year. So, uh, sorry, two last year, the whole of the season. And he's just looking at that. He's not had a good, and also finished uh, 24 points off his teammate in the uh, rate in the driver standards as well, which is effectively a race, a race mm. with a head. I know he's won one more, but. Leclerc to come from Sauber the year before to dominate the four-time world champion just says a lot about... It's only, his actually, it's only his second season in Formula 1 as well, isn't it? Proper, yeah. if, I'm, yeah. if I'm right. So, he's done amazing, really. He has. I mean, he, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very, very good driver. 
a very good driver. Uh, obviously part of the Ferrari Driver Academy for for a while. But this is the first time that Vettel's had trouble with the teammate. Uh, obviously, the most famous one is Weber, Mark Weber yeah. at Red Bull, uh, the infamous multi twenty one scenario. Uh, Malaysia Grand Prix, Vettel was told to turn his engine down, stay behind Weber, and what Vettel heard was uh, turn your engine up and pass Weber, or he didn't. All he heard was didn't hear the word "don't," and it was overtake Weber. <laughs> so was... Vettel just yeah, didn't help himself at all, uh, at all with that one. Yeah. But, um, Wasn't still... there an instance where he crashed a car in warm up or qualifying, and then he took Weber's car or took some bits off, or at least took some bits off it or something, didn't he? There was a bit Similar of controversy, controversy there, wasn't there? Yeah, and also there was the Turkey one as well. I think 2011 that was where they took each other off, and I think that was a that was a that was, that was a seed of what was going to come for them because it's been proven you can't have two good drivers in a successful team. You're going to have to pick one, and obviously Vettel was better than Weber. Mm. Not saying that Mark Weber's poor, but Sebastian Vettel was a lot better than Mark Weber. He was, yeah. We, when they were the Dominic car, he'd be like a good five or six seconds ahead of Weber in most races. I mean, that's a huge quality divide in my book. Five or six, five or six seconds in Formula 1 is like the difference between me and you in age. It is, it is, isn't it? It really is. Like 400 years. <laughs> I still like your baby photo the other day, though, that you said that, that I sent. It was, it was, it's a lion's <laughs> morocco. <Baroque. laughs> but back to what we went, yeah. But Vettel, so he had that one with Weber, and then he, Weber uh, left, had a fantastic interview on Top Gear where he, he said his dad told him never to punch boys. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic line because Jeremy Clark said, "Shit, if I want to hit him." And my father, Weber said, "My father said ne- never to hit boys," and that was how going. Ooh, they don't like each other. And then Weber was replaced by another Australian in Daniel Ricciardo, who again outperformed uh, Vettel in these two seasons when they were teammates. And then Vettel jumped ship to Ferrari, thinking, "Oh, here we go." I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, arguably the, the, the t- uh, sports biggest team, most successful team. I'm going to emulate Michael Schumacher. And it didn't really work out for him at all. And that's the thing. Is, is, is Sebastian Vettel's Ferrari journey a failure or, a, or could it be classed as a, as a success at all? I, I think you have to cross it as a failure because he went there to win titles. And as we were discussing, he had he did have a very good chance in 2018, but it, it didn't happen. Um, mostly because of mistakes of his own at that point. I mean, the first couple of seasons, Ferrari didn't quite have the car to compete with Mercedes. So you can't blame him too much for that. But yeah, I, I think you can only say it's a failure, really. Yeah. It's a shame. It just shows that. Uh, it, 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 does it tarnish his record in the way that he had he had the best car at that time? And he's. It just shows that he's given a car that's not as competitive. Mm. Is he that is he that good a driver really? 
it's it's horrible. It's, it's it's horrible to think that because he's he's had some great moments. I mean, look at Monza 2008 where he took a Toro Rosso to pole position and a dominant victory. He he then gets put to he gets promoted to Red Bull, wins four world titles as I said, as as you said as well. He led by considerable distance, but then he was pushed by an inferior Ferrari in Fernando Alonso. Yeah, it is. Uh, he's obviously um, a superb driver, no doubt about that. We just, I want to clear that up. We're not saying yeah. he's no, rubbish, no. but yeah, he was definitely helped by having the the superior car on the grid with that that Red Bull. Um, but as soon as um, that sort of the hybrid fit, um, the hybrid era, wasn't it? That sort of started costing um, Red Bull its sort of pace. And dominance, and and since then he sort of he sort of struggled a bit. I mean, when you look at someone like um, Max Verstappen, who's clearly in a car that's nowhere near as fast as uh, Mercedes or Ferrari, yet he still churns out wins every now and again. That's for me. That's a sign of a a really great driver. Yeah, I, I agree there. But I think what did help the hybrid era was the fact that. They started off with Renault engines, and Renault were nowhere near um, Mercedes in terms of power and stuff like that, mm. or even Ferrari at that point. And they 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 promised results, and oh, we'd improve, we'd improve, but they didn't. And then even when Red Bull had they broke a deal to have their own engines in a way, where they had the tank humor Renault engines, basically saying Renault could have them, but then Red Bull could do what they want. It didn't really help them. I regret they did win a couple of races, but they were nowhere near Mercedes and stuff like that. And now they've got the Honda power plants, and it seems it just seems to be like a I'm actually in the heaven for Red Bull. Red Bull and Honda seem to be perfect for each other. Yeah, it's funny because it, it it didn't work at uh, McLaren at all, did it? Honda, and they kept blaming yeah. the engine, but you have to worry wonder now they're doing so well with Red Bull of a sudden. Was it was it really the engine, McLaren? Yeah. It, it, what, what could it be the chassis? Could it be what? What? What is? Mm. Yeah, that's the thing. You can't. You can't put it all on. Honda. I mean, look at Honda last year. Verstappen won. Uh, I think three races last year. Verstappen won. Um, I think so. Austria, Brazil. Mm. Uh, Still think of another one, but I think it, uh, Hungary. I think it, no, for the second Hungary. He got pole position in Hungary as well. Um, he. Uh, and also, let, let, let's look at as well. Toro Rosso got two um, podiums last year uh, in Germany with Kvyat and Gasly in Brazil with Honda-powered engines, mm. which just shows that, you know, yeah, probably it was down to... You could put, possibly put it all down to McLaren. But, yeah, I think... But it just came back to Vettel just for a second, though. Could we see Sebastian Vettel at Mercedes for 2021? It, it's... It seems to be the only logical the logical seat for him. Uh, I can't see him going down to a team that he knows there's no chance of winning a championship. I, I really don't see that. And now with um, Ricardo um, moving to McLaren himself, which that seems to be full of um, controversy and broken promises and, and whatnot by the sounds of it. So there's a seat. So there's a seat to fill at um, Renault. Uh, Bottas has been linked to that. Whether 
you know, whether there's a much in that, I don't know. But could, but as we've talked before, could about top two top drivers not be able to get along? Would you risk it? Can Vettel and Hamilton get along? Because Hamilton's had his problems with um, drivers as well, hasn't he? Like uh, he, he couldn't really get on with Rosberg. He had problems with um, Alonso, famously even. Even fellow Brett Button, there was issues there from time to time, especially that season when Button was outperforming Hamilton. He didn't, he didn't like yeah. that at all, did he? No, I, I think it just shows that, but it shows the determination of Hamilton to basically say, I, uh, I'm going to be better than you, I'm going to prove I'm mm. better than you at any cost. And I think people say, oh, Rosberg deserved to win the title in 2016. No, he didn't. Hamilton won more races than him, got more podiums than him. It's just that. Hamilton was had a, I think it was Malaysia or China when his engine blew up, and I think that that swung it in Rosberg. I'm not taking it from Nico Rosberg, but it showed that even though he won the title, Hamilton was still better than him in every department. I think if and, you win the title, you deserve it. But he 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 definitely had a bit of uh, he, he was definitely fortunate. Let's put it like it was, that. I mean, you look at F1 has been peppered with driver lineups that look amazing on paper. I mean, I'm just going to name a few. Look, look at the, probably the biggest one is uh, Senna and Prost. Mm. They got on to begin with, and they found out, oh, actually, we have the best car, so we're going to go against each other, and then found out that actually, if we don't like each other, because Prost is a winchy Frenchman. <laughs> and not saying all Frenchmen are whiners, but Roman Grosjean. And. It just shows that you can't have two drivers of that same mindset together. I mean, uh, uh, look at, uh, as you said, Hamilton and Alonso. Alonso came into McLaren, the defending champion, double world champion. Mm. Um, Hamilton was this young upstart from GP2. Um, Alonso went thinking, you know what, I'm going to be number one. And then Hamilton just comes out. Well, not because no way, he didn't have a great card, but he, nine po- I think I said he nine podiums in a row, something like that. And two wins in Canada and USA and then it looked like it was shifting towards McLaren shifting mm. towards but you know what let's see if we, if we push Hamilton and stuff like this and they look at Hungary uh, where Alonso peed for tyres stayed in his box for 10 seconds more than he needed to and cost Hamilton a chance at another lap Rod Dennis was not happy uh, Rod Dennis never happy <laughs> uh, but yeah it just shows that a, a driver lineup that's like that could not work, but then again, Ferrari made it work with uh, Vettel and Raikkonen because let's be honest, Raikkonen is a world class driver. Yeah, but um, I don't know. He he seemed to know his place somehow, Raikkonen. He very rarely seemed to moan or get in a huff if he was asked to let um, Vettel pass him and stuff. Yeah, it was quite bizarre. Perhaps he's one of those. Because you, you do get people, I'm one of them, that you, you win it once and, and that's enough. And that's oh, enough. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. No, Carl, I'm not like that. Oh, I need to go again. No, no, I'm not saying I see that. I'm like that. I mean, not everybody is. Every, yeah. You know, a lot of people want to win, keep on winning, but some people like James Hunt was like that. He'd won it once and, and that seemed to be enough for him. But James Hunt had lots of sex. Yeah, true, true. James, and look, Kimi Räikkönen gets drunk a lot. 
I mean, I was what um, a, a fantastic I mean, from from twenty. I think it was twenty seventeen season when it, or twenty eighteen Mexican Grand Prix. Roy could get to the podium, and it is the world biggest chug of champagne I've ever seen. <laughs> there's everyone else is spraying each other, and then there's Roy at the back going. Because he must have, have a titanium throat. Have I got my timelines right? He, he, did he go to? to um, did he go back to Ferrari after? Because who did he win his world championship with? That was with Ferrari. Ferrari. Because he, he left. Because he left. Because he left, didn't he, to to do rallying for a bit? And then he came back into a smaller team, and he went back to Ferrari. Lotus. That, have I got that right? Yeah, he went to Lotus, and well, he went back to Ferrari. So that might be why he was more content to to do what he was told because he he got obviously got bored of it, left. Come back, perhaps he was just satisfied to have a good seat again, and um, well, I, I don't know. This was that that Lotus seat wasn't too bad. I mean, he finished third in the seat in, in the. I think he had two seasons at Lotus. Finished third both seasons, got a couple of podiums, and he he won the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix in a Lotus. Because mm. yeah, when, when the, the famous quote, uh, "Leave me the hell alone, I know what I'm doing." Keep working. Yeah. All I love that. I was in, I was in tears of laughter with that. Yes, yes, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Keep working all four times. Yes, yes, leave me alone. <laughs> but I, I do think though, uh, it just shows that you can have that dialogue. You, you look at it. Kim Roikkonen is is a legend in Formula One, one of the best oh, drivers definitely. ever. Definitely, yeah. The only drivers been in the uh, V10, V12, V8, and V6 era of Formula One as well. Nice, yeah. little, nice little stat there, and um, yeah, I, it's just, it's just. I think we're missing when he goes. I'm, I'll be very sad. Well, yeah, the drunk Finn. Because I mean, one of my favorite Kimi Räikkönen moments. So we're going off topic here, but we're talking about Kimi Räikkönen. One of my favorite Kimi Räikkönen moments is when I think it was Monaco he crashed out. He didn't go back to the paddock. He went to his boat <laughs> <laughs> and sat <laughs> his shirt on and just sat in his yacht and watched the race. And then um, he he broke his wrist before pre-season before pre-season of Formula One. My name's Slumber Mill Racing. I didn't tell didn't tell Ferrari what he was doing. He went Slumber Mill Racing <laughs> in probably the, in a James Hunt helmet, which is amazing. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll get back to Vettel. We'll just we'll, we'll finish up on Vettel. Um, I do think. If he goes to Mercedes, it could work, but I don't think it'll be a long-term thing. I think it'll probably be a couple of seasons. And I think probably George Russell will probably go to Mercedes at one point, um, which I'd love to see. I think George Russell is mm. really good. Wasted up Williams. And... Everyone's wasted there. <sighs> I mean, uh, even Kubica, who was, you know, after his horrendous crash and his injuries, he was... Um, Elated to get a seat in Formula One again because he never thought he would. He, even he got fed up at Williams. That's how bad it is there. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to them in a minute, trust me. But I think mm. I think Vettel to Mercedes probably a short term thing. I don't think he goes to Renault because Renault proved that they are bullshitters. They they promised, oh well, well we, we'll tell Ricardo we've got a car that can challenge this. They were shite. And. I'm, again, I'm not saying all French people are bullshitters, but the French are bullshitters. Um, I don't like the French. Can you tell? 
<laughs> no, no, gone, no. Yeah, fucking free. <laughs> um, uh, and I think I, I, I don't see him at a racing point, or, or Aston Martin as it's going to be called. I can't. I mean, granted, they they do have a really good car. I mean, they had a very good car in preseason testing because it was a Mercedes. It is a common copy of last year's Mercedes. So, and I can't see him go. I can't see him going anywhere lower than Renault. But I can't see what Renault, but it'd be a shame if he retires because I think we'll lose one of the best drivers of all time. If he is four world titles, um, level with Alan Pross. I think just no, sorry, level, no, he's on his own, is he before? He's on, he's on his own before. And yeah, I think it'd be a shame to lose him. But it happens to, to everyone in Formula One. Oh, yeah. It's just, uh, you say he was 32. I mean, he's still young enough and got another five, six, seven years left in him yet, really. So, yeah, it would be a shame to retire at his age. I, I think, I don't know, I've got to feel there's something on the cards or he wouldn't have just uh, refused to sign a contract just like that. Surely if, you know, surely if there's a risk, you might not have a seat. You wouldn't, you wouldn't not sign for a team like Ferrari. No matter yeah. how bad the problems might be, I, I, I think it's, I think it could be a couple of things. It's only going to be they've asked him to be basically told you're number two to Leclerc. He was like, oh, don't really want that. Or it could be a reduction of wages because Vettel knows his worth and says, well, I'm worth mm. more than that. Or it just could possibly just be a mutual thing. They, they probably, probably they both feel it's not really worked out. Uh, you're not exactly a young man anymore. Ferrari will Ferrari show that want to go down on the young route. Obviously, signs. signs. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to ask you before we move move on to something else. What what do you think of signs getting that getting that seat? Signs will be uh, Leclerc's Barrichello. I think he's got a lot to prove because he he sort of came came along with that sort of with. Um, Verstappen and Verstappen sort of overshadowed him at every turn, basically. And he had a lot, you know, he, he was meant to be one of the, the next big things. And I know he's very good. Yeah. Whether, whether if you're getting into that Ferrari, will kickstart, you know, kickstart him uh, to be one of the top, top drivers. He had a great, he had a great season with McLaren last year. A couple of fifth places. Obviously, that podium in Brazil, which is a shame mm. he gets to go to the podium. But yeah, he had that. He, had a, he, he outperformed Lando Norris for his sixth in the uh, driver standings, which is the best of the rest. Um, and well, obviously, above, I know Red Bull changed Gasly and Alba, but he finished sixth. A fantastic result. And yeah, I, I do think he's got a lot to prove in Ferrari. But I do think he will be Leclerc's Barrichello. I think he'll be there as a supporting role. Mm. I, I think he'll be told, if they're fighting for the title, I think he'll be told, right, Leclerc, Charles, let Charles through, or stuff like that. And yeah. Unless he can prove it early doors yeah. that he's yeah. faster or just as fast, obviously. I hope, I hope that's the case. I hope they're both competitive with each other, but I just. I can't see it, and it makes me sad because I think Carlos Sainz is a very good driver. I mean, that documentary on uh, Netflix it shows him as, yeah, it's just I know it's not obviously it's privileged because his dad's a former rally driver, but he just seems like a normal guy. Mm. Uh, whereas you compare that to that tit at Racing Point, who sh- just, I don't know how he's driving, 
uh, Lance Stroll, who had a silver spoon in his mouth, and he's. Oh, so yeah. I think I think um, it's something to do with Lawrence Stroll own, owning the owning the team has <laughs> got I a lot to do with that. <laughs> I still I still think it's utter bollocks. I really do. I don't I, I don't care if your dad owns a team and you've your dad's bankrolled you to get a form, into Formula One. You have to prove you belong there, and he doesn't belong there. I I, I know great. He had he had, he had that pot, that podium in Azerbaijan. Williams, but what's he done since? Nothing. I don't think he's that bad. He's he's not like obviously top quality, but I don't think he's quite as bad as you're making him out to be. But he's a less crashy past the Maldonado. <laughs> but speaking about past the Maldonado and Lance Stroll, let's get to Williams. That's nice, nice segue. I'm I'm impressed by that race. I know. I'm proud of myself there. Um, so Williams obviously uh, been in Formula One for many many years, even longer than Carlsman are alive, and oh, one of the most successful teams <laughs> ever. <laughs> Did you like that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously uh, founded by uh, Sir Frank Williams, and yeah, fa- fantastic team in Formula One. Their first uh, drop, their first one was. The 1977 Spanish Grand Prix as a team, as a constructor, 1978 Argentinian Grand Prix, 731 entries, um, nine constructors' championships, seven world titles, 114 victories, and it's a massive fall from grace for them now. Uh, you, you just look at the drivers that have drove for them. If I can just name just a, a few, uh, they've had Alan Jones. Keki Rosberg, Mansell, Damon Hill, Jensen Button, Prost, PK, Senna, and the last man to win a title for them, uh, Jacques Villeneuve, in 1970, uh, 1997. Yeah. yeah. And now look at them finishing 10th <clears throat> in the Constructors' Championship, telling George Russell to pull over because they haven't got the parts to repair his car, <laughs> um, causing Robert Kubica to just shit all over them on his return to F1 and for uh, Juan Pablo Montoya obviously the former uh, Williams driver to come out and say Williams are just absolute shite for what they've done vested in paid drivers and yeah it's a shame to see shame to see yeah they basically only had Lance Stroll in the team because they needed the money his father was paying them for him to have that seat yeah and then he, even he got annoyed. I think it was Monica, mm. obviously watching the Formula 1 documentary. Please go and watch that on um, Netflix. A fa- fantastic series. But Monaco yeah, Grand Prix, really Lawrence Stroll got pissed off after being sold false promises by Williams. And obviously, he took over when he bought Racing Point, Force India. Um, yeah, it was a shame to see. I mean, Williams also, let's go, they've announced they were seeking buyers for a portion of the team due to their poor performances in 2019 and also they lost their title sponsor as well. Yeah, that's never a good never a good sign when your main sponsor pulls out. Yeah. But nobody wants to be associated with a, a losing team. Um, just go to football for a second. When, when United were doing so poorly after Ferguson left, sponsors were threatening to pull out 
left, right, and centre. It's one of the reasons they sacked Moise so soon because they yeah. were put over a barrel by the, you know, all the people that were paying them so much money. Yeah, it just it just shows that William. Yeah, it just shows that for I'm just Formula One is I, I know it's money based and stuff like that because it is, but it just makes me sad that you've got drivers of talent. I am using an example. Look at Nico Hulkenberg. Yeah, mm-hmm. Nico Hulkenberg is an immense talent. Yeah. I know I know I know Stardom Williams, I'm just saying go back there. You look at is Nicholas Atifi there as a paid driver or is he there on merit? Probably on uh probably paid driver. Look at um look at Maldonado when Maldonado was there. Maldonado was a paid driver. Yeah. I, I don't know how he Yeah. I, I don't know how he race for so long. Granted, he did win a race from Williams, their last race win. 2012, um, 2012 Spanish Grand Prix, I want to say. I can't remember now. Too, too far back from my memory, that is. <laughs> yes, it was, yeah, because it was, yeah, he yeah, he was. And then, I liked that they had a bit, they actually went on talent for a couple of years in the terms of Massa and Bottas for three years. And 2014-15, they looked to be the, the Williams of old, finishing third in the Constructors' Championships, doing really well, and then they've just dropped back. Uh, finishing fifth after Bottas obviously went to Mercedes. Then I had Lance Stroll and Sergei Sorotkin. I don't know who he is. Probably a paid driver. They finished tenth, and then last season finishing tenth again. It's just, it's just, it's horrible to see. It really is horrible to see. Yeah, it's been a, a downwards spiral and you, you just I don't know you just can't see where um, you know where it ends and where they, where they turn the corner I mean if you watch the documentary that uh, Reese has just mentioned they even brought in Paddy Lowe from Mercedes who's seemingly had tons of success and that just didn't seem to work at all did it it was one one sort of incident after another with him yeah they they turned up to producing the test with a car that wasn't finished. Mm. And that doesn't show the plight of a, of, a great, of a team that it just, yeah, it, I don't know what does. I mean, <coughs> sorry. I mean, they even had um, Adrian Newey there for a, for a time, one of probably the greatest designer of all time, I, I would say. Yeah. Um, you, know, they, you know, that's when they were on top when they had that um, sort of supercar almost, and they had to ban a load of electronics, didn't they, from it? Because they they thought it gave them an unfair advantage, and perhaps it did. But um, yeah. and the FW, the FW fourteen, that that was that that was designed hmm. by Newey, used for two seasons. Uh, then they had the FW fifteen again, and then the FW sixteen, um, obviously, which is the. Um, yeah, tragically, I mean, the car where Ed Senna lost his uh, life. Yeah, Ed Senna was desperate to to join them because he he saw that they were the you know going to be the dominant force. Um, yeah. And then it, was he, just... it didn't happen. And then when he did sort of sign for them, they were start they they were going for a bit of a rocky patch. Yeah, it was just it was just 
Yeah, I mean they, I mean, they were they still make... competitive. They were still competitive, but Benetton seemed to have the uh, the edge over them for a, a few seasons. And not to mention they had Michael Schumacher driving for them, one of the great, one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. Yeah, you can't you, you can't deny it. I mean, on, on paper, Schumacher was the greatest of all time. But I mean, you, you're looking at it, as I said, that the last the last uh, title they won was. Uh, with the FW19, which was, um, again, designed by uh, Newey. Mm. And then the FW20 comes along, Newey's uh, left at that point. I think he's gone to McLaren at this point. Yeah, that's when their problems seemingly started, when uh, when Newey left, to be, yeah. to be fair. And they've just gradually uh, got worse from there. Yeah, didn't they? Look at Newey, then goes to McLaren. McLaren win... Uh, 98, 99 mm. titles with Hakkinen. Um, should have won with Reichen in 2005 as well. Um, but yeah, this one Williams was on a decline. As I said, they, they, they showed signs that they were back in terms of when they had Massa and Bottas. They had that Mercedes engine that was all dominating. Mm. They had Good, a good team that and then a good team around them at that point yeah, and then, they had the yeah. right the right engine and the right drivers in 2015 didn't they yeah I mean, as I said Bot- Bottas and um, Bottas and Massa hmm. was there and yeah it was it looked like they were back as I said but then they just completely got off hill again um, do you think do you think oh sorry oh. Right, I was just saying so t- t- talking about uh, Williams then do you think Claire? I'm just not thinking it's there, but I'm just going to put it out there. Do you think Claire Williams should go? Uh, I I do. I think it's got to the point. Uh, I think it gets to the point in every job. Um, if it, you, you can only fail for so long, and it's not getting better, it's getting worse. I think if you really do love the team and your family name, I think you've got to look at the mirror and think, right, I'm going to have to step inside, step aside and find someone else to to do this job who may, who could maybe has a chance of turning it around because I'm trying and trying and it's not working. And I was going to ask you, as, as the spiral into real sort of, Failure for lack, lack of a better word, coincided with Frank Williams sort of stepping back. I mean, he's still the overall boss, but day to day running is is now Claire Williams's job, as we've seen on the documentary. She's she's team principal and everything, but name really from from yeah. what you can gather from that. Well, it says uh, it says, uh, I've just got I've just got Williams's I've got Williams up on my, on my phone right now. It says, uh, well, Frank Williams is the team principal. Claire was a deputy team principal. As she said she's in charge. You've got Patrick Head is still in, involved in uh, Williams as well. He's their technical director. But I do think they need someone. Yeah, I think they need someone with a bit of, but basically with a bit of a backbone to go and basically say, look, you've been shit for the past couple of years. We've not we've not performed. We can't keep performing like this because if we do, it's gonna we're gonna lose arguably one of the well, not arguably one of the best teams of all time. I mean, and sometimes it can help to have an outsider, somebody who isn't tied by that family name as well. Yeah, I mean, who'll make who might make 
the harsh decisions that because they are such a tight knit and sort of small team compared to powerhouses like Ferrari and Mercedes, um, that you you sort of um, willing to make those really harsh decisions. So maybe an outsider who's come in would you know really shake things up a bit more if I'm making sense. Yeah, I mean to us. One man I love to see there, but we, we, it can't happen. Would be um, Briatore. Imagine, imagine Flavio Briatore at Williams. Mm. He or would, if... he, he would shake. He, basically, that's what he would. He would shake that team to its core, and he would, yeah, he'd make them work for a living well, in the way. We look, look, okay, whether he'd want to. Say so whether he'd want to do it at this stage of his life and career, but Ross Braun is somebody who could go in there, I think, and and shake it up as well. Yeah, another thing that could happen. Uh, uh, there's been speculation go raid that um, Toto Wolf has bought a stake back in Williams, five um, percent stake to help them. Obviously, he owned. Before 35% stake in Williams. Uh, it was seen as a publicity thing, but it, it wasn't. And could he be a man to go there? He was there before, but then would he want to leave the comfort and security of a Mercedes team that is all conquering to go and help a, a team that is basically on its arse? Do you think he's got the sheer will to do that? Or would you. If you're total. No, because he's. He's still relatively young, isn't he, Toto Wolf? He's not old, old, is he? I, 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 I'm, I'm going to say... Let's look it up. Say, 40, 47 or something like that. Yeah, he's got his early 50s, at, at the oldest, I would say. 48, is he? So if, you, you know, if, if you've done everything at Mercedes and you still fancy a bit of a challenge, um, maybe, because it would be a huge challenge... But yeah, it, it it's um it's a fair it's a it's a fair leap, isn't it? Um, the comfort, so like going from the Ritz to a to a hostel, isn't it? You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to live in a penthouse no more. I want to live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that, that's what it is. I think it, could he could he do it? But there are people who out there who, who do want the challenge and who would leave a cussy, cushy number at McLaren to test themselves, maybe, or, and maybe even for the love of a, a team because they want to see Williams um, back on top or further up the grid. But I don't know. Yeah, it's a certain it's a certain sort of character that would would do that. I, I don't know enough about Toto Wolf to know if if he's that. That's the thing. I, I I hope Williams can get this all sorted. I hope that they can find a sponsor that will mm. help them in a way. I I know that they are going to be reliant on pay drivers over talent because you got to think Williams. They need that money. They do. And they they operate nothing. They operate on a much much smaller budget than she said of Mercedes and Ferrari and Red Bull and all that and Renault. And I think there was, I think some I think last year. I don't quite know this, but I saw it on a video that I watched. Mercedes had a £350 million budget for their F1 season, yeah? Mm. Williams had £125 million. 
big difference, isn't it? Let's say this could put another team in there for the same. Uh, oh, for no. the, that's the thing. Like could put two teams there for the same for, for one Williams team, and it just makes you think. Well, it's not fair. I know. I know the salary caps come into play, so that should make it more even. But again, is that really going to help? They're all talking about reverse grids, so Williams could potentially start a race on top. That that's only going to work at Monaco. Well, they actually win a race because uh, you can't overtake them unless you are hmm. brave. <laughs> or you do what I did a Formula One when I played Formula One 2019, uh, which is cause a massive pileup and then go around the outside and sneak. That's what I did, <laughs> that one. I did. That doesn't normally work yeah. in real life, though. No, no, because no, they're not sneaky like me. <laughs> See, F1 drivers, you listen to this, come and talk to me. I'll tell you to sneak. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I, 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 yeah. I mean, it it just makes a shame that Williams are like the Minardi of today, or the 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 Ligier of today. It makes you sad thinking about that. And they are a British institution as well. It, it, people who don't know Formula One, ask them to name a Formula One team. They'll obviously say McLaren, Ferrari, or Williams. Yeah, I mean, when I was growing up, they were they were the, the the dominant team. I was about ten, twelve when I really started getting into Formula One. I remember Nigel Mansell winning, David Hill winning. Um, even if they weren't, like I was saying, even when Benetton had the edge on them, they were still coming second or third. And to see them at the right at the back of the the grid, it is it's heartbreaking, really. Yeah, and they need a big. It's not just about money and getting sponsors. I think right at the top, they need a big. They need a big shake up. Yeah, whether Honestly, it's only Claire Williams stepping aside for five years or so, while someone comes in just to just to bring a different, yeah, just to bring a different sort of set of eyes on on things. Yeah, it, yeah it needs something. It, it needs something. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. It's, it's, it's a sad time. I mean, it's it feels like Formula One hasn't helped at all. I mean, you look at you look at what, twenty was it twenty ten? We had those three new teams come in. They're mm. all gone by now. I mean, let's uh, face it. If if Claire Williams was a football manager, she'd she'd have been long gone by now with these sort oh, of big results. Time. Big time. She would have been. But you look at it. The first. Basically, she's had back-to-back relegations, mm. and she has said she won't be sacked by this. But it's could Frank Williams sack his own daughter? That's the thing. Is Frank Williams that mean? No, I don't think he could. That's why I think she'd have to yeah. sort of willingly step aside as Sal. I mean, it's not like yeah. you know she's she's been in that position um, a few years now. She's she's had a she's had her chances. Uh, she you know put a lot of money in risking Paddy Lowe and that didn't work out. I think if if her name would have been anything other than Williams with how much of a failure and how wrong that went, I think anyone else would have resigned as team principal or vice principal, to be honest. You, you look at um, the Ferrari last year when they... I can't... What's his name? The really... The really was it Domenicali? There was a last year, but Stefan Stefan Domenicali was in charge of 
Ferrari, and he didn't. He, 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 didn't yeah. win. he didn't win the title. They got rid of him. Um, Martin Whitmarsh again, fantastic team principal. Didn't he won a, he, Hamilton won a title when he was in charge, and then they sacked him because they didn't win anything else. Ron uh, Dennis has been in and out at McLaren, hasn't he? Because of their, yeah. their problems. Um, look at um, Eric Moulier. Eric Moulier was in charge of Lotus when Lotus were doing really well under uh, Roykinen and Grosjean. He goes to McLaren. McLaren with the whole Honda fiasco. He got the brunt of it. He got sacked. It just shows that. And the biggest one was Luca de Montezello. Was he was in charge of Ferrari as a whole, um, not just the Formula One team, but he was in charge of. Um, chairman of Ferrari and chairman of Fiat mm. as well, who owned Ferrari. And because Ferrari wasn't doing well in Formula One, they got rid of them. It just shows that nobody's safe and he'd been there for years. Yeah. Exactly. It's a, it's a cutthroat business. And I just want to be clear I've got nothing against Claire Williams at all. She seems like a great person. And she's, I'm not saying she's terrible at her job because um, I don't know enough. To say that, but something just isn't clicking, and I think it is time to to try something something different. Yeah, and uh, let, let's suppose change change can be good, and yeah. in this case, change will be very good for Williams. And I hope that, and I I, I, I echo Carl's things. I nothing against Claire Williams. I just have I'm, I'm just against her way of doing things, and it hasn't worked out at all, and. I think she's, I'm not saying she's run the curtails of her name, but I think her name is a big, big thing. So why I think she's still there. And I hope that she does the decent thing to step aside and hopefully Williams can flourish once more. And yeah, it makes me, it makes me sad. But we'll get yeah. on to uh, a, lot, uh, a nicer topic now. Uh, the return of Formula One. The calendar coming out. Yes. And we had this conversation before. Do you think there should be a world champion announced or not? Uh, I I do. Um, if you if you're gonna if you're gonna go through with it, um, it might it might be slightly tainted compared to other seasons, perhaps. But yeah, I mean, it's the whole point of sports, isn't it, to crown a champion? So um, you might as well, if you're gonna do it, you might as well. I have a theory. I would have this season and next season merged together. So have the races for this season carried on for next season because I've already announced that the cars for this year are going to be the cars for next year as well. Yeah, to save money because COVID's really sort of hammered them, hasn't it? Yeah, fuck COVID. And um, and I think that's what it is. I think I think they'll carry on. I think so. Eight races announced for now. There could be more added. If there's mm. more added, yes. Have a world champion, but I think eight races is not enough to crown a world champion. Yeah, if they do, uh, if they do that, what you've just suggested, yeah, I'm all, I'm all for that. If they miss the two seasons, definitely, yeah, I'm all for that. But if they don't, then whoever think, comes out on top from how many races they get done should be declared the the world champion. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they go that route. Yeah. Because do you think Mr. Hashtag Blessed would be happy if he won his seven world title with an eight-race calendar? Probably not, but, you know, it is 
it is what it is in these situations, unfortunately. But now you said that, I can actually see them doing that, merging the merging it into one long season. Why? Why am I not in charge of Formula One? Honestly, don't know. Don't know why aren't you? Honestly, <laughs> it just baffles me how I'm not in charge. But the race that's been announced, so we've got back to back Austria, Hungary, uh, back to back Britain, Spain, Belgium, and Italy. Uh, they have said further races to be announced in the coming weeks. Um, all I'm looking forward to is just hearing the sound of an F1 engine go around the track and just see the race again. I think that's a perfect thing. I mean, I could give a rat's ass about football right now. I don't give because I don't think it should be back. I think football is shouldn't be back. Uh, where F1, F1, you can kind of see why it could be back. I mean, let's they're on their own. They are more than two metres apart when they race. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, I just think it's... I'm not saying it's completely safe, but I think it's a safer form of sport than football where you can have 22 people running around with each other with this whole thing going on. I just do... I do think football should be the last one to come back. Something like Formula 1 being having to wait in a way I don't know I mean I don't, I, I don't know if it makes if it's that much different I mean you got all the people in the garage that work in the cars and that so and you know you've got 22 people well 22 11 people in a dressing room in close quarters so I don't know I, I think it's unavoidable and you can you can only sort of keep stop things for so long or you, you're just going to run out of money and everything's going to Go out of business. You're in, you are in a very tricky situation at at this point um, yeah. in the pandemic. Really, to be honest, no, you don't want people to die or get sick. But at the same time, it's not going to be good for society and our way of life if everything crashes and burns. Either. So oh, true. It's it is it is a yeah. It's a very testing time for everybody. Oh, I've watched a purge. I have, I have a sword, so I'm ready. <laughs> Uh, but then I think I think the last topic we can talk about is um, who do we see? So I know we, I know we touched on Vettel going to Mercedes, but who do you genuinely see taking the seat at Renault and Mercedes? I I am going to say I am going to put stick my neck out, and I, I do think Bottas will end up going to Renault, and Vettel will go to Mercedes. Okay, I just don't I... see. I just don't, only because I just don't see any other option for Vettel right now if he's going to stay in the sport. I think Vettel's going completely from the sport. Uh, I say it'd be a shame, I think it is going to be a big shame, but I think he's going. Hmm. I think George Russell will be at Mercedes. And I think that at Renault, yeah, it'll be Bottas. I think Bottas yeah. going to Renault probably the best thing for him. I think he could do a good job at, at Renault, a solid job, not not great. I'm going to win a more title there, but I think he can help him improve. Uh, I think midfield team for Bottas is perfect, but I think George Russell at Mercedes against Hamilton could be oh, could be wonders, could be amazing. Yeah, I wouldn't be against that at all. Yeah. Um, right. So, Carl, um, do I do your plugs? 
Yeah, um, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at Carl, Carlos underscore player 89. Um, make sure to check out our website at Rug Opinions 20 WordPress. And um, yeah, check out our back catalogue, all sorts of things. Hopefully there'll be a, a quiz, a quiz up soon as well, which was hosted by um, Nathan, wasn't it? It was you and Liam versus me and Scott. That's the one we're waiting for, isn't it? Yeah, I... I... Yeah, I, hopefully I that'll be up soon. I was I was stuck with a posh man and Jeeves, and he didn't help me out. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it was it was a fun thing to do. Um, you can find me at Twitter at rsaunders995 on Instagram at rsaunders9495. Um, uh, hopefully soon as well, we will have uh, a Michael Schumacher retrospective with me and Carl. Uh, that should be a fun thing to do because I think there's a lot of topics about Marcus Schumacher we can talk about, and I yeah. think the two-parter. I think it could be. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff there. Um, as Carl said, find our back catalogue on Spotify, um, Apple, where where you watch uh, listen to your podcasts, and I will hope to talk to you soon. Um, bye. Bye.